Sarita Smart. You're listening to Rude the Galaxy Podcast. We hope you have a good time. Boom, boom. <laughs> Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans, thanks for uh, sticking with us and coming back for another rousing episode of Rule the Galaxy. This will be chapter 103, believe it or not, um, and I think our guest just had a big uh, big number on his show as well recently on, on his uh, Pantatrax, uh podcast, but this is 103 of Rule the Galaxy, uh, Joe in the pilot seat as usual, and uh, as always, you can follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter. Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com and just rule the galaxy on Facebook and YouTube. But today we've got a special guest, a guy who I really look up to and, and just think he does a great job in what he does with the Star Wars community. Mr. Mark Newbold, all the way from England, taking this time out of his day to uh, to spend some time with me and talk a little Star Wars. So, Mark, thanks for being back with us again. I think this is your third time with us at Rule the Galaxy. I think it is, yeah, third yeah. time. Yeah, this, it's so nice to be doing this in the afternoon. It's usually like two in the morning for me, so this is a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Well, no worries, no worries. You know, uh, that's one thing you learn um, when you do Star Wars podcasting, whether it be speaking with you or our friends um, at It's True All of It in Australia. Yeah. Putting that timing and that schedule together is is a big deal, and it's even that way for my local guys that I do the show with. We all have to plan around kids and jobs and yeah. everything like that. And uh, so, yeah, so thank you for taking your time. In the overall scheme of things, how's everything going in the Mark Newbold world? Oh, the Mark Newbold world. It's going good. It's, uh, it's, uh, well, it's always busy. It's never not busy. So that's, that's a given, I would say. Um, sure. But, yeah, work's going well and writing's going well and sites ticking over. The podcast is doing good. Like you, you kind of alluded to it, we just passed our 100th studio episode. So it's about episode 144, if you're counting all the live ones from, from conventions and special episodes that are sort of roundtables and interviews. But the studio, what we call the studio episodes, mm-hmm. very much like we are now, me and myself, me and Mark uh, talking. We've just, we're just on episode 109, I think, this week. So, so yeah, so it's going good. We're, we're trying to keep it as regular as possible. I think there's another roundtable thing coming out uh, over the next few days. And, yeah. You know, Just keep I, it ticking over. One thing about the, the show, I mean, I, I listen to it weekly and, and I, I, I love what you guys do, you and Mark. Um, you know, it's really weird. I'm I'm one of those visual kind of guys and Brent on our show is a very big visual guy when it comes to Star Wars, but I'm a visualizer. Like when I listen to you guys and you talk about, well, I'm coming down to you or up to you or whatever yeah. I, I sit there and i'm like i just wish i had a map to kind of see where it is they <laughs> are in england because i it's one place i haven't been yet but um yeah but it, it's always good to visualize that and it kind of makes me feel like hey I'm, t- I'm taking that little tour with them i'm just not there so um <laughs> but one one of the shows that you did recently that i really i, I thought was so good was um and and i guess just explain maybe to our followers and listeners how is it through starwars.com or just through your years of connections to where you got a chance to do, was it Vanessa Marshall um, and Ming-Na Wen, both yeah. through through your connections there? How did that all go? Because there were great interviews and you had multiple podcasters plus yourself. Uh, you know, how, how does all that get set up for someone like you? Well, Vanessa, I've known for a while, obviously, since she was doing Rebels. Um, and we'd it's weird because we'd spoke online and she'd, 
I think she, well, she is a fan of Star Wars. She was a fan before she ever came into it, but but I think she kind of follows up sites and stuff as well. And I have been around for a while, so I don't know whether she knew me from Lightsaber, but she certainly knew me from Jedi News. So mm-hmm. so when we started interacting online, she sort of said, oh, wow, Mark from, you know, she knew who I was, which was, well, that's the ego stroker right there. That was nice. <laughs> uh, and then we just kind of got chatted, but we'd never met. And we did, we met like so briefly at Celebration, I think it was Orlando. And I was with a friend, and he was there to get an autograph, and I just kind of came with him. And I felt mm-hmm. a bit awkward because it wasn't kind of my thing. My I wasn't there specifically, so I sort of said hello. She didn't realise it was me, and didn't realise. And then we started speaking afterwards, and she was like, "Oh, he should have introduced himself." Anyway, rabbiting on as usual. So we, we kind of got that connection. So me and Vanessa, you know, talk occasionally. It's it's nice. It's nice, and she does the. Uh, some of the intros for our podcast, so the mm-hmm. the outro and some of the stings and such is Vanessa, which is which is really cool, uh, and some of the other shows on the network. And then the roundtable thing, um, again, I think I'm, I'm, I think it's just because I've been around forever. I think they just think, oh, we'll throw Mark a bone. So so you know they do these roundtables, and I've been lucky enough uh, with the Bad Batch Visions and the Terrifying Tales roundtables recently i've managed to be somehow involved in all of them which is very nice uh, never expect to be involved in in that many but it's it's cool that i am uh, and there's not a huge amount of uk sites that especially sites there's, there's lots mm-hmm. of uk podcasts and there's lots of uk social media presences but there's not that many uk websites i mean really it's just some jedi news and a, and a handful of others you know uh, and jedi news has been around since like 2007 and you know it's our fourth fourth birthday Birthday, you know, at the end of the month. Um, but for me, it's like 26 years since I started my first site, so it's crazy. But yeah, we, we just got involved in this roundtable, as you mentioned, and, and Ming was one of the guests, which was, yeah, very cool to, to get to sort of put a couple of questions to her, similarly with Vanessa. Uh, and uh, I think uh, Gwendolyn Yeo was, was another bad batch one. And yeah, it's fun. It's nice. It's, it's nice just seeing faces because. We haven't had a chance to meet at Celebration. Usually, mm-hmm. you know, there would have been a Celebration last year. We'd have probably been looking at another one this year. And as it is, we're looking to next, you know, is it, you know, right. so we're not getting the chance to physically catch up, shake hands and see each other at the, you know, in the bar on a Friday night, like, uh, you know, Coffee with Kenobi, normally organise a podcast get together. And we haven't had the chance to do that. So it's nice, albeit briefly and still from a distance to, you know, see each other before we do these talks. So at least it keeps us sort of in each other's minds, I think. So it's good. No, I, that is great. And I, I think both of those shows, you know, I had already been a huge Vanessa Marshall fan just from Rebels and the voice work she did with Hera, but then to have the Ming-Na Wen roundtable to where she really got in depth on some things. And I was really yeah. excited because I didn't have that big of a background on her. I didn't have that much knowledge of, of her and her background, her career and everything, but you guys, she really hit on some great points and, and, I know I tweeted about it afterwards. I was like, if you haven't listened to this this show, if you if you want to know more about Ming Na Wen, she's fabulous, and she you you're even more of a fan of hers after that show. So it was really well done. Yeah, I think I think everybody. I think it was seven of us involved in that one. I think everybody pitched really interesting mm-hmm. questions. I think sometimes with these round tables, sometimes you can go. In, some people go in and almost make a statement, and then the, the guest doesn't quite know how to talk off the back of that. And then other people will sort of just put something out there that's enough of a 
of an acorn to sort of sprout into a uh, sort of uh, substantial answer. And she's certainly got plenty to say, and she clearly loves the character. I mean, you mm-hmm. could really that came across to us in the room, sort of in the room, you know, the, the, the virtual roundtable. Um, but you know how into Fennec as a character she is, and I think also as an actor, a lot of actors get the chance. I mean, Mark Hamill's kind of done it. You know, he's played Luke in the sequel trilogy. Obviously, he played him originally, but then he he's come back in the Mandalorian to, to right. portray a Luke sort of twenty, thirty years before that, the give or take. So he's sort of doing it, but in a very different way. Ming-Na uh, has, within sort of, I don't know, 18 months of, of starting it in The Mandalorian, has been able to now live action portray her like now, if you want to say now, now as far as Ming-Na physically is. Mm-hmm. But as a voice character, as a voice actor and a character on, in animation, right, you would imagine fairly early on in her career, because mm-hmm. we don't really know how old Fennec is. You know, you kind of think, well, if, if you're working off the fact that you think, oh, well, Ming-Na's... I think I hate to speak out. Of I think she's in the mid fifties, a few yeah. years older than me. But but uh, she certainly don't look it. It's amazing. <laughs> but but you know, if you say the characters that sort of age, and you think in in uh, sort of bad batch era, then the characters sort of early twenties, there or thereabouts. Um, what a joy to be able to play the same character at opposite ends of their career at the same right. time. Essentially, it's brilliant, and you can tell she's really into it. Yeah, and and I I don't know anybody who's not. <clears throat> Who's not a fan of that character? I mean, whether it's Mandalorian or the Bad Batch, they've really, you know, she's done a great job and brought in a whole yeah. new, a whole new niche of of fans that are like, hey, this character speaks to me. It, you know, it works really well. So excited, and 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 you know that that leads to one of the things I was going to ask you about. Obviously, um, there's tons of things going on in Star Wars. Like you said, yeah. I mean, for the people outside of the Star Wars community, they think, oh, a big movie or a big tentpole project like Mandalorian. But for someone like you and, and fans like me, you, yeah. you open up your your email every day or your you know websites every day, and there's something new every yeah. day, and and so I just figured I'd, I'd hit you on some of the things that were were you know coming up or just happened, and one of them was speaking of Ming-Na Wen, the book of Boba Fett. You know, we yeah. now know it's coming out in December. Um, yeah, and I think everybody is just ramped up and. I, I think I heard you talking about on your show that it's it's kind of that it's kind of a wedge in between Mando season two, Mando season three, right? Like that's yeah. where they're kind of pigeonholing it, not just time wise, but maybe even storyline wise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the sense I get. I mean, without any inside information, because I think in in the past, I think certainly when sort of Force Awakens came out, especially when Force Awakens came out. Lots of information sort of came to us. I mean, I, I, sort of, I feel like I knew too much about that film before it came out, and there were things that I knew that I wish I didn't know. Um, and I didn't, and I so I don't actively, I don't mind spoilers if they come to me. I'm not, it never bothers me. But but I didn't go seeking them out like I think I did with Force Awakens. So since then, the, the films have been more of a surprise, and it's not like we're going to talk about them on shows like this and on right. the site and, and all that stuff anyway. So we'll delve into it and, and such. But with this show, uh, I've really not seen an awful lot, but from what I have seen, it does seem to be exactly like you said. It feels like they're sort of pitching it as in. I mean, one of the one of the things I read was that they think they might even number it like chapter seventeen. You know, exactly. Book one will be chapter seventeen. You know, and I, th- I don't know whether they'll do that, but I think I think you'll kind of feel like, well, this is what Bobby did next after what. You know, there'll probably be a, some sort of gap, I guess. But then it feels like it's a show that's going to go back. Uh, that you know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't surprise me on Jot if we saw stuff from Jedi retold from That's, a different perspective we we just talked about that on our show the other night uh with with all my crew on and and a couple of things that came up were 
one, we feel like there's going to be some flashbacks to the Empire Jedi days. Yeah. Uh, two, with the with the new comic series out, the, the Battle of the Bounty Hunters or what have you. I, yeah. I, I'm not in. I used to be way into the comics, but I just don't have the time to stay up with the comics. Is, yeah. is that right? Is it the the Battle of the Bounty Hunters or is uh, it... War, War of the Bounty Hunters? War I, think, the Bounty I, think, yeah. I think if I remember, I think Dark Horse did the. There was a pop up book in about '96, mm. and that was Battle of the Bounty Hunters, kind of tidy with shadows. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so we you know my my crew was talking about are we going to see a tie in to the War of the Bounty Hunters? Are we going to see yeah. the flashbacks to Jedi and Empire? Are yeah. we going to see maybe is that finalized battle between Cad Bane and Boba that? that we didn't see in Clone Wars and then maybe thought of with the, the thing on, on uh, Cad Bane's head in Bad Batch, are we going to see that finalized in, in um, Book of Boba Fett? You know? yeah. and, then, and one last thing, uh, somebody brought up and said, um, are we going to see like, uh, well, one, sorry, it's not the last thing, two things. One, is there a chance that Daniel Logan shows back yeah. up as maybe that flashback time frame? And then two, you know, Shadows of the Empire. Well, now we're talking about all the underworld. Are we going to bring in some characters from that? So this story, which, as you said, we don't really know much about it, but it's got just a whole buffet of things that could could be in this. Oh, totally. And I think I think if any other group of fans who sort of followed it or, or read through it as it came out could sit down like you guys did and work up a, like a hit list of things that they think may or may not happen... I, I think, in a way, this and Andor, I think, are the two that have got the most potential for sort of folding in, if they want, but folding in EU-influenced characters. Mm-hmm. Like, like you mentioned, Shadows, so you kind of think, well, there's a, there's a chance to bring Shizor in. We, we know Shizor's kind of technically in Phantom Menace because he was right. one of the little Galoob figures in the arena. So technically he's in Phantom Menace, <laughs> even though he's not really, but he kind of is. Uh, you know, but, but there's sort of the chance to bring in these little things in, certain characters... You mentioned the flashback scenes. Yeah, Daniel Logan coming in would be amazing. You right. know, that would be so cool to see him on screen, live action, over again as, as he did back in Clones. Uh, you know, we kind of had Rena Owen for, for a cup of coffee in, in Bad Batch for, for a moment playing Swan Way. And, you know, there's little things that we could see that sort of hint back to other stuff. And I love the thought that, yeah, War of the Bounty Hunters, it's been quite good. I've enjoyed it. The, the main core series has been really, really good. The spin-off, spin-off issues, some are good and some are a bit superfluous. But for the most part, it's been really interesting because it is kind of retelling that Shadows of the Empire story from a, mm-hmm. from a different sort of perspective. Um, but, yeah, if you could throw some Shadow stuff in, yeah, great. I mean, why not? Uh, who, would, who wouldn't get a laugh out of seeing Dash Rendar turn up in Book of Bob? I think things like 100%. that would be great. Yeah, yeah or... Um, Oh, what was Bob's big adversary that used to pretend to be him? Um, oh, yeah. The other, the other Mandalorian character. Um, Fen- uh, not Fenshish. It'll come back to me, but you know what I'm getting at. That, right. that character that, that, that was in the Dark Horse, 20 Engines of Destruction. Why can't his name come to me? But, you know, they can do all these things. Anything that really elevates and escalates Bob's uh, Jodo cast. There you go. That elevates his um, standing as a, as a bounty hunter. Because, you know, we look back to Empire and Jedi, Fett, out of all the characters that comes into the original trilogy that wasn't mm-hmm. in Star Wars, Fett comes in with this monster reputation and presence that you don't really see him do a lot. You see Django do a lot. 
in Attack of the Clones, you see right. him justify his his, his reputation uh, for, for as briefly as it is, but you don't really see Boba do it to to any great degree. So I think now's a chance to go back and sort of say to anybody that sort of and there is sort of people out there that go, well, why is he the why is he the guy? We've seen yeah. Mando do it, we've seen Din Jaren do it across two seasons, and we'll see it again. But this is the chance to go. Well, this is why Boba Fett's the man. This is why like Wolverine's like the best of what he does kind of thing, and you see Wolverine do it. This is the chance to show Boba Fett doing it. So I really hope we get to see a lot of that sort of action. Me too. And and yes, we got the the Robert Rodriguez one episode where he just kicked butt and took names. Oh yeah. Just yeah. made everybody just sit there and go, okay, now I see, you know, a little bit of why. Um, yeah. So that, but to extend that, expand that, and add a great character like Phoenix Chan in there to make it even deeper, I think is great. So yeah. Um, real, speaking of of Book of Boba Fett. But, you know, I, I look at it and I say, I don't know if I'm, I'm a big Obi-Wan fan. So I don't know if I'm more excited about the Obi-Wan series, the Andor series or Book of Boba Fett, because I think they yeah. all have so much potential. And I think we see now that Disney Plus has learned, oh, look at this, look at this recipe we've created with Mandalorian. We totally. now know how this can be taken and worked well. So are, are one of those standing out to you more or you're looking forward to more out of those three if if i had to pick one and somebody said you can only pick one it would be andor and i've felt that way since they first announced it because it's that run up to to scarif in the oven that that's mm-hmm. just so delicious and to see how the rebellion got itself into that position that they were even able to give to attempt to do what they did you know the 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 balls to do it sort of thing, the bravery to do it is <laughs> tremendous. So so I really want to see how they do that. And there's all those great characters from Rogue One that hopefully we'll get to see again because obviously it's a prequel. So so there's the potential there. So I'm really excited for that because it's deep OT territory, especially leading up to A New Hope. So I think that could be absolutely fascinating. And also the era that it's in, there's a potential for Rebels characters. Because yeah. you're kind of within five years of each other with solo Rebels. You know, there's lots of stuff happening in that era. Um, so there's there's potential there as well. Uh, with Obi-Wan, to see you and McGregor back in that role, I, I just can't wait until, I think probably November, there's that Disney Plus day. I think maybe mm-hmm. we might see something then, certainly from Book of Boba Fett. It's only a month away, but but possibly from um, from Obi-Wan, maybe. I don't know how far ahead they are. My, my head tells me that I think we'll get Obi-Wan after we get Andor, but I don't know. Maybe that's really? the day we'll find out. I don't know. So so we'll find out a bit more on that day, hopefully. But to see you and back in that role, you know, you think back a few years when uh, Sideshow did that to Mythos statue of Obi Wan. You know, yes. the kind of was like half half Alec Guinness, half and uh, half. The one Hugh where he's out in the desert, right? The one where he was exactly the, yes, yeah. Love that you know, uh, with a with a bit of the Stormtrooper armor and also all the other gear. You know, if you saw something a bit like that, you'd be people would just flip for that. It'd be amazing. So I think that's just going to grab attention, and that's the show that will really grab. Uh, sort of wide attention because he's Hugh McGregor and he's an award-winning actor. He's, you know, he's been in big films, so people will certainly be aware of that. Yeah. And then, as we say, Book of Bob, we just talked about. But I think for me, Andor is the one that that really stands out, that that could be something really... I think that's going to catch people out because when that was announced, I think some people were a little bit, why do we need this? Yeah. Some people were like that about Solo and Rogue One, and, and <laughs> I'd argue they're the two best things that they've done. I think Solo and Rogue One are both top 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 tier star wars so because they expanded so nicely and the thing about star wars now 40 what are we 44 years in is that star wars influences star wars it's a self-referential thing now so yeah. so and we've got so much story and so much depth even if you go back to sort of if you count 2014 and rebel started as year zero for storytelling apart from clone wars and, and the previous six films 
so much stuff has been added in just that sort of seven or eight years that now you can go into these story gaps like Solo did, like Rogue One did, like Obi-Wan's going to, you know, and, yeah. and certainly Andor more than any Andor, and just tell some incredible stories. So I think we're in a really, a, a real sweet spot right now. Well, I, it, being that you and I are the same age and we grew up, we were lucky enough to grow up with the original trilogy and have it capture us the way it did. You know, I used to say, well, that was the, that was a golden age of Star Wars. And, and maybe it still is. Um, but I think with the things we have in front of us now and the way it's, it's there, it's accessible to everybody. It's, it's, it's now not just this certain select group of people can really be into it, but now there's something for everyone in it. Maybe this is, maybe this is the platinum age, you know, maybe this is the new, the new era that, that really, uh, brings people in that, that, you know, starts a whole new generation of Star Wars fans. And I'm hoping for that because, being that we're 50 and there's a whole bunch of younger people who underneath us who are like old guys like you, we don't need you around anymore. Right. Yeah. We've got our own yeah. star Wars. Um, I hope this keeps going like that. And, and let's face it. When we were younger, we thought uh, we'd seen our last star Wars and we can go to the grave oh, yeah. without, without having to worry about it. Now that's good. Star Wars is going to outlive all of us and have stories going for years and years after. So comfortably. Yeah. That's 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 my only sort of kind of weird regret is that yeah, you're right. When when Jedi came out in '83 and I sat there, I remember getting the the cassette for Christmas and listening to the cassette and thinking, of course it wasn't on video. I'd seen it on I, I, full admission. I'd seen it on pirate video. A friend's dad worked in Saudi, <laughs> on, you know, and he brought the videos. But so I had seen it before it even came out in the <laughs> cinema. But but it wasn't my tape. It was somebody else's. So when I listened to that right. cassette and listened to that final track, and I was like, that's it. I was getting Bantha tracks at the time. It was like, you know, now he moves on to Indy. Now he's building the ranch. You know, it was uh, now uh, LucasArts or Lucas Games. He was the LucasArts. Right. It was all building up. The focus wasn't on Star Wars anymore. He was moving on to other things. So I sat there listening to that cassette thinking, this is it. Right? There's no more Star Wars. You know, when's the comic going to finish? When's, when's you know, when's it all going to change? And then, look, well, obviously, we all know, Fallow Times, Dark Times, Air Empire, 91 and onwards. It's gone nuts ever since. So yeah, you're right. It really well outlivers. But there is there will be a day where I'll be on my deathbed thinking, I'm not going to see the next Star Wars film. <laughs> it's the first Star Wars thing I'm not going to see. That'll be that'll be something that'll bite at me when I'm on my way out. So yeah. hey ho. Hey ho. What? Um, maybe maybe we can be like that show on um I don't know if it's Netflix or whatever, the upload where the gentleman they transfer. Oh wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I will take yeah. that. I'll take that yeah. if it means I get to watch Star Wars when I'm in the the afterworld. So just plug me into Disney Plus and leave me there. I'll be fine. <laughs> there we go. You know, I remember I remember not only 83, but I remember watching Revenge of the Sith and my I we by the time it got to Revenge of the Sith, I was a married, yeah. had kids. And so we did a huge family thing for the, the three prequel movies. And we got to Revenge of the Sith and my mom actually came to Revenge of the Sith and we watched it. And as we were leaving the theater, I still remember her looking at me and go, Well you know, what do you think? And I, and I, I told her, I was like, this is really hard for me to comprehend that this is it. Yeah. This yeah. is the last I'm going to see of any of this, right? Like there, it's just, that's, you know, and I was like, it was, it was hard to do a separation thing later on down the road like that, but, but you're right now we've got, we've got everything in front of us. So, um, so yeah, so that's good. I mean, I think we all get, we've got years and years, hopefully for you and I, we've got years and years to look Let's forward hope. to. Great Star yeah. Wars content. Um, something to do in our dotage. That's what I'm looking for. Just something to you know keep our, keep our brains active. So, some dotage of mush. We'll be fine. Yes, that is one <laughs> thing I fear. So maybe Star Wars is the key to it. Um, it is. 
So we, we did just have some things come out recently. And since the last time I've spoken with you, um, one, let, let's just, we'll jump, we'll go uh, most, most recent to further back. The, sure. the, the terrifying tales. Um, yes. we, we just talked about that in the show the other night. And here we were a bunch of guys ranging from our late twenties to our early fifties. And we were all talking about how much we just took, just wiped everything off and sat back and said, let's just enjoy this, right? Let's find yeah. the little funny, quir quirky things that stand out to us. And I, I, we really all enjoyed it. I mean, we, yeah. we know that it's made for kids, but we also know that they throw in those little Easter eggs of, oh, this, this, you know, this is, you know, real, this is canon over here, but it's wrapped around this, right? Yeah. Or these funny lines that wrap back to the movies or things like that. What were your overall thoughts on it? Uh, uh, terrifying tales and where they're going with that, that kind of thing. Cause I am personally hoping every Halloween and every Christmas, let's go, give me a Lego yeah. star Wars show and, and let's have fun with it. Well, I enjoyed holiday special last year, which I thought was a great idea to just do another Star Wars holiday special. And thank goodness it was Lego animated and not another live action one. Cause <laughs> you know, we know how the first one ended, but, 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 but there's lovely sort of callbacks to that all the time now, the mm -hmm. holiday special, which is great. You know, the, the live day treasury just come out, which obviously kind of plays off something in holiday specials. So, so they're nice the way they're doing it. I think they, there is, there's the droids figures coming out. There's a, it's all in a similar sort of ballpark. So that's well played, but Lego Star Wars terrifying tales, Great. Oh, excellent. Yes, yes, no, yes. I mean, very nice. Not, not, just, I know it wasn't the, the holiday special or whatever. And sorry for visual fans. I'm showing my six inch Jackson here because those kind of silly things. Yeah, do, do make Star Wars fun, but go ahead. I apologize. So. No, no, don't apologize. Absolutely. It's the thing about Star Wars is, and I'm going to, I always do this on making tracks and I'll do it here. I always mention Star Trek at some point because there are lots of parallels between the two. But with Star Wars, the goofiness and the cheesiness is kind of hardwired into it as well, which we all want Star Wars to be cool and slick and, and everything else and awesome and la, la, la. But there's got to be that slight element of goofy. Han Solo is kind of – is awesome, but he's fallible and he is a little bit goofy sometimes. And, and goofy things happen in Star Wars. Some of the aliens look like you would not want to meet him down a dark alley. Others look a bit goofy, and it mm -hmm. all works together, and it makes it so. So, so I think that works. And when it comes to something like Terrifying Towers, like uh, Holiday Special last year, Lego Star Wars. I mean, they've really drilled down to the sort of the crux of these characters, and, and especially the Vader Emperor relationship. Which oh, kind yeah. of, I know Robert Chicken got it, did it really well as well. They got it spot on, and there's a few different things that have done that. And I think the reason I mentioned Star Trek is that they've got lower decks, which is I, I love it. It's hugely fun. But Star Trek pitches, I think, to a slightly older crowd anyway. So you could do a lower decks for Star Trek, and it's working great. It's my favourite Star Trek at the moment, to be honest. I just think it's so cleverly done. But with Star Wars, I don't think you could do something like a lower decks with Star Wars, but you can do something like Terrifying Tales because it's, it playfully nudges and playfully touches on and picks out little quirks of Star Wars and little, not in-jokes, but things that even casual fans will go... Don't fully get the joke, but I know what they're getting at, you know. So there's enough in it that, that right. works, you know. And I think this time it was a nice setup. Uh, we did a roundtable with the, the director and the producer, uh, David Shane and Ken Cunningham, the director. And one thing that got mentioned a lot, and, and they said it, they said, yeah, it's kind of, it is kind of our Treehouse of Horror, sort of Simpsons Halloween thing. Mm -hmm. Broken into the three stories like Treehouse does quite often. And, you know, and it worked really, really well. And some of the injuries, I mean, I still, we talked about it on Making Tracks this week, you know, the, the bit when Luke's got Vader when he's 
on his back and they do yeah. the chasm swing and he kisses him on the cheek and says, for luck, you know, things like that were just like, yeah, perfect. More but, of this, please. So yes, and, every and, year we should get this every year. Yes. And, and going back to that, you know, I've never been a Trek fan. I, I enjoy it when I see it. I've enjoyed the movies that I've watched all that, but I, I've never gone like in depth into it, but I have enjoyed Marvel comics and I have enjoyed the, the MCU. Yeah. Obviously on Disney plus doing the what ifs now, uh, which have so been very good. entertaining. Yeah, yes, okay. very good. Um, I really felt like Star Wars with that Luke did its own what if right there. When when I mean it was it was Star Wars what if, but in the yeah. holidays, you know, in the terrifying tales special because seeing him wanting to do this and becoming then following Vader yeah. and then Leia leading yeah. the X Wings and Obi Wan still being yes. alive and I just sat there. I was like, oh gosh, this is what if, but in Lego form. And it was so fun to just take that in and just enjoy it and not really worry about, does this make sense? It was just fun. And that's oh, what I think it was, was great about it. You nailed it there. The fact that it doesn't make sense doesn't matter one jot. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, they, we could talk all day about the whole canon issue. And I have my own thoughts on that. And I think canon isn't the question. It's continuity is the question. So I like there to be a continuity. I like to know that, on Monday they did this, and on Tuesday they did that, and Monday might have been written in a book in 2015, and Tuesday might be written tomorrow, but I kind of like to know where it's going because, you know, there's just a logical part of my brain. I do like that that consistency of, of interaction of stories and such, but that's not canon. Lego Star Wars Terrifying Towers is every bit as much canon as Last Jedi or The Empire Strikes Back. It's all canon because it's all Star Wars. So, but but it's just the lens that we're watching the story through. So this is that that really cool and increasingly well animated. I mean, the the lighting on this, just some of the work on this was like, wow, that is really good. You know, so it's just the lens that you're watching it through. No, I agree. And and our our group, uh, you know, we've got five or six guys who are usually bouncing in and, and regular co-hosts and. We all have a different look at it, and I love it because we all have different entry points. So we came into Star Wars. We have different things that keep us in Star Wars. One guy is all about Fett and Mandalorians. One guy is about Star Wars Legions, the board, the the mm. the game. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, so he's really into that, right? And one person is a prequel era guy who is 27, 28 years old, and so yeah. he's got a really good background. And then another one's all into the book. So I, I think it's good because, just like you said. To each of us, that's our canon, right? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. it's just as important what happened in A New Hope as it is in my friend's uh, Brent's Legions game that he plays on a Saturday afternoon. It's Star Wars Sorry. to him, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think I think this is great, and you're right. I, I think we all get a little too worked up about it. I mean, obviously, do we want them to come in and go, hey, that thing we told you over there? Yeah, that doesn't work anymore. Luke's no longer this, right? Or, or Leia. No. We don't want that. But, no. but we also think that or at least I believe, even if they made more Legends books or even if they keep with these kind of cartoon series that aren't that don't fit right into the story, or even if yeah. they keep making more comics about Jackson on the side, right? Yeah. I mean, fun. It's Star Wars, and just let it go because we can't pigeonhole it down to where you're right, I'm wrong, or I'm right, you're wrong. It, it, that's 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 not even what Star Wars should be about. So, yeah. Um, but I, I'm I'm in a really good spot, and I know I feel like you are too on this. One one other thing that came out right before the terrifying tales, which I was a little leery of, just because I had zero background on anime, but Star Wars yeah. Visions. Yes, I. It was one of the least things I was anticipating when the Disney Plus announcements came out, and then I watched it, 
and we had we did a whole show about all the different nine the nine episodes that were part of it. And I, I can tell you, to a man, um, I would say seven out of the nine. I'm like, let, let me see the next chapter of each of those. Yes, there, there were a couple where I was like, okay, that was a fun story, but it didn't draw me in. But the artwork, the the way it was put together, the production, some of them were mind blowing. Yeah. The the and let's face it, they started off with the duel, and the duel comes out in that black and white, which is so touches of color uh, just blew me i was like i am not sure what to expect but it's already got my attention yeah i don't know where you stand on anime or where you stand on that but give your thirty thousand foot view or, or go deeper into what you thought of star wars visions and, and things like that because again out of our regular five or six hosts everybody was two thumbs up we want to see more of this all the time I was talking to uh, my friend Becca Benjamin, who does stuff on fantasy, does Canatus Castle and Talking Stop Shelf and a few of the bits and bobs here and there. Lovely lady. And we got chatting about it. And the one thing I said that she sort of kind of went, yes, I totally agree, was that it surprises me, given the Japanese influence on Star Wars anyway from the beginning and the connections Lucas has got to, to Japan and Japanese culture and Japanese filmmaking, especially, you know, some of the, some of the films that he helped to uh, sort of fund and bring together is that Lucasfilm didn't do this in the 80s and 90s when George was in charge because because it's anime. It's general. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you, I don't know if you saw the end of the behind-the-scenes stuff. A lot of it, even though it looks like pen and ink animation, quite a bit of it is, is CG-led. Right. Uh, but nevertheless, it looks like pen and ink, so it could have been done as a, as a, a sort of a pen and ink or a cell-drawn uh, anime back in the 80s or the 90s. So it kind of surprised me when I saw it, thinking, wow, this feels more George's Street than almost anything we've had in a weird way, you know, because given the influences. So that was one thing. And then, like you say, to, to sit down and watch that first one, that just the, the tone of it, the style of it, there's, there's something, I mean, I'm not a big anime watcher. Back in the 80s when manga was what we always used to call it when I was a kid, you know, when, when that came to the sort of the UK, sort of mid-80s, after Akira, you had a lot of stuff come. And early days, I had friends who would get the video case, they have shelves full of bookcases full mm-hmm. of, you know, all these sort of manga videos because uh, they were the company that released it in the UK. And uh, all sorts of stuff goes to the shell, all the clay name of all the classics. Yep. I saw those like 30 years ago, but never never stuck with it. Kind of wish I had, but never stuck with it <laughs> and just saw bits here and there. And then to come back to this, it was like a weirdly comforting sort of feel about it. Because when, when we were kids, there was a show, uh, used to be shown on the BBC. It is. I know it's known under a different name in other parts of the world, but but we called it Battle of the Planets. It was called this show was called Battle of the Planets, where it yeah. was animated and sort of edited into English, and that was complete. That was totally animated, a lot of speed racer, that sort of thing. Yes, it, all that vibe was in this. But then you, you know you have that that first episode, the duel, then Tatooine Rhapsody, which I've got to say was my favorite episode because I was just I not love, expecting. I love yes, it yeah because it, it went so counter like yeah. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get some really BA fighting here on this. And then all of a sudden, flip the switch. Yeah. And I looked and I was like, yeah. what, what happened here? Right. Yeah. yeah. But but just every bit as um, valid, as authentic, as everything you could want from, from that first episode, the second one was just the same. And so, so, and then just keep moving on, you know, the twins episode, was it Ninth Jedi, I think it was after that. Ninth Jedi was phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. I've got to say that the two that really stood out for me was, was Tatami and Rhapsody and Lopinocho. They were the two oh. that I really, really enjoyed, really enjoyed Lopinocho. When that finished, I was like, I need to see the next, there's got to be a sequel to this. 
one hundred percent. And and yeah. I joked with my guys, and I pulled Jackson out during during our show about yeah. visions, and I said, <laughs> if I have him, I need yeah. to have I need to have yeah. that character from La Panocho so yeah. I can have them both there because I was like, yeah. how often do I get rabbits in Star Wars? Right? I mean, come on. You just so. need a hoojib then. Just get a hoojib in your set. So. <laughs> hoojibs. You know, only guys our age probably know hoojibs. There's people. There's people who'll be listening to the show going. What is a hoojib? I don't know, but um, yeah, no. So it, it's. I'm glad to hear that you liked it. I'm, I'm glad yeah. to hear that it, it went well for you because, uh, you know, again for us, we we only had one person in the show that was kind of like, yeah, I I watch anime, and we're like, we have no idea what to expect, and and it hit on all cylinders, and and yeah. I think everybody just if Disney has a plan, which I think they now do, putting that out once a year with another nine or 10 episodes and just wetting your whistle, right? Making you, yeah. making you go, Hey, you know what? I'm already thinking about the next time they do this. And you know, and that, that Ronin book, which I wasn't going to get that book, but after watching the duel, I'm thinking, yeah, I probably need to read that. That was really yeah. entertaining. Um, what your thoughts on, on Ronin real quick before we jump into other things, are you feeling, I mean, from what looks like he's a Sith that, chases down other Sith. I mean, we, we were bouncing around because I, I told them, I, I told my guys, I said, it made me think of the show Dexter, where he was a yeah. serial killer who only killed serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> killer, serial, yeah. yeah. So that's what popped into my head. But uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on him in general? Well, the thing I like about that episode and, and all the others as well is that it's just picking... I mean, there's one thing we said when we talked about it, there's a lot of carbon crystals in this show. That was that was one <laughs> yeah. thing that seemed to be prolific throughout. But but the one thing about that particular one was, yeah, you know, generally in Star Wars, you wouldn't have a Sith hunting Sith. It makes no sense. He inherently would become a Jedi. And this, this version, this, this multiverse version of Star Wars, if you want to call it that, then he, he is. But it feels to me that I'm... I'm really keen to get stuck into the book as well, that there's going to be a motivation for why he's doing what he's doing. My mm -hmm. head tells me he's trying to atone for something and that he's not a natural-born Sith, that he's kind of working his way back to some sort of redemption. or so. I don't know. So I'm looking forward to finding out what the answer to that is. Um, but but just for the animation style, for that droid of his with the wicker hat, on, oh. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Just, you know, with the whistling birds from, from Mando as well. Yes. You know, just loads of little things in it that were just... Yeah, just really I, nicely played. Now I'm 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 a I call myself a collector, but in all actuality, I collected as a kid. I of course stopped. I bought them for my kids during the prequels. I get then again stopped. But now when COVID hit and when other things, I was like, you know, yeah. I can start getting back into this again. Yeah. And so as you can see behind me, yeah. I really I say nice. Yeah, started doing that. But my 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 kind of go to right now is going back and getting old. 70s and 80s, like here's Snaggletooth. I was missing Snaggletooth. So the other day I went to a toy show in Ohio, grabbed a Snaggletooth, grabbed a few other. I, for some reason, I didn't, I didn't have him. And I don't know why, wow. but but <laughs> out of my collection. So, you know, three and three quarters from the 70s and 80s have now become my go-to. Yeah. But then my other go-to has become clones. Yes. I, I missed, obviously when the clones came out, my kids were then older so when they started bringing those toys out, they weren't really into buying toys. Yeah, I was too busy with life, with work, everything else to do it. So for me, it's playing catch up. So now my my thing is I want to get make sure I have all the 77 through 80 
five characters. Yeah. And then I want to get every kind of clone I can to have them on a nice display of all the clones. And I know that's, you know, goofy, nerdy, whatever, but no, it's not, it's my, it's like my go-to now. Right. And, um, and, and so are there certain things that I know you collect a ton because I listen on your show and you get, you and Mark are always talking about what showed up this week, what showed up last yeah. week. Um, <laughs> but is there something that you'd say, this is my, this is my go-to. Like I have to, if I, if I really want to collect something, I can't miss out on these when they come out or, or I need to catch up on those that I missed. There's the weird thing with me, and I've got a lot of stuff, and I'm very lucky because the top floor is all, all mostly Star Wars, mixed mixture of other stuff, but mostly Star Wars. And there's Star Wars in the spare room, so I'm gonna, I've got to swap it all around, which will take me forever, but I'll get there. But but I, I'm very I'm very into the ephemera. I'm very mm-hmm. into if it catches my eye, I'll buy it. So I'm not a completist for the most part. I'm not a completist. So so the novels I've I've got one of every novel, and and if I'm really in the mood, I'll try and get the paperback and hardback. And then if I'm really into it, I'll get the UK version, the American version, and stuff like that. <laughs> so 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 there's there's quite a few bookcases full of books and such. So I'm fair. That's fairly something I'm fairly on top of. I'm I'm uh, I've still got a few West End games books to get. So I'm, I'm probably two thirds of the way with those to catch everything because I was a gamer, not a GM. So my GM had everything and then he sold them and I've managed to catch up most of it. Um, physical video formats, I'm, I'm quite big into that. But but again, you know, I just like going to a show. Like you mentioned the show that you went to. I love going to shows here and kind of not looking for anything specific and just waiting to see what catches my eye. So with the figures, like I can see the figures behind you there. You know, I, I don't get all the Black Series. I don't get all the vintage but if I like it, if it's generally the mm-hmm. packaging is what attracts me. So if, if I see something, I've oh, got to have that. That looks really nice. And I'll, <laughs> I'll hop onto it. So I've got the Jackson like you've got. I'm waiting for my Darth Maul to come. The guy that gets my me stuff, too. Dave, at all the course. I'm waiting for my Darth Maul. <laughs> so that's not here yet. But, you know, this, I all do the droids figures, the the two, the three, three and three quarters in the Black Series ones. I couldn't not get them. So if it catches my eye and it catches my interest, I grab it. But, I mean, today a couple of things came through. Well, yeah, I'll show you. I mean, who still gets cassettes? I mean, really, who still gets yeah, cassettes? Just because I think I've got one of them on cassette, and I thought, well, I want, I want to get, I want to get these. So these are the UK ones in the in the big plastic uh, plastic cases like Those that. Those are so, beautiful. So they, yeah, they just display nice and they look cool and makes me happy. So it didn't cost a lot; it was about ten quid, I think. So anything like that, really. It's it's funny because my wife, my wife will sit there, and you know, I mean, she's a 49 year old you know young lady still to me um and and she'll say you know what 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 about that do you like or what why is it that character or that chip or that little collectible and yeah you hit it on the head it just makes me happy i mean yeah, yeah just you know i i bought and our our viewers on youtube will be able to see us when we post it but oh yes phone, you know i yeah, was the leery, yeah. yeah the toy box i was leery of jumping into this because it's like, I don't have any of those size. I don't have any of that collectibles, but Ahsoka and Rex are just two of my favorites. And when I saw this Ahsoka and Rex toy box, I said, I kind of, I have to have that. I mean, it's just, it's well done. They're beautiful characters. Um, So, I mean, it it is, it's just, it's just what makes me happy. And I think you've, you've kind of gotten in that role as well. It's what, what finds you, what, what you see and it just catches your eye, then boom, you know, it makes sense. you saying you're pulling up that toy box just makes me smile because I've only got one toy box figure. I've got the Boba Fett figure way back when. But when I was a kid, my second Saturday job was working at a toy shop in Litchfield where I used to live uh, called the Toy Box. So mm-hmm. so of all, this, all the ranges of things, 
of things that I should have got. It was the toy box range of Star Wars figures, and I never did, which was stupid. So I should get them. I need to remedy that. Well, it's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm because I like these two now. I'm going. Well, should I go look and check mm-hmm. the other ones out because. These are really yeah. good looking figures right here. So, oh yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So that that's good. Um, you know, I, I'm again. I didn't want to keep you too long because I know it's coming to the end of your day there, and I'm I'm right in the middle of my day here. But are there are there other things? Are there projects that you're working on? Are there things that you just Star Wars in general that you think this really means a lot to me now, or some I'm really into right now that maybe people wouldn't know or that that you know you just want to share on some things um can, well, you I, can share sorry sorry that i can share yes there's one there's one thing that i pitched and it's quietly progressing and i'm hoping something comes of it that i can't talk about but i've got everything crossed for it so as soon as i can say something i will if it comes to fruition there's no guarantee it will um i write for obviously I write for insider which is probably what people know me for most. Mm-hmm. Um, not been in the last couple of issues, just the way things have landed, but I've got some stuff coming up over the next few issues. So I'm really excited about that because there's some, some neat stuff coming there. But I write for, you'll remember the Star Wars Fact Files from back in the day. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it ran until I think about 2014 in the States and here in the UK, uh, but it carried on in Europe. So they've, they've had to, issues go on over there. So I write for, weirdly, I write for the Spanish version of the Star Wars Fact Files. So all my stuff gets translated, it gets sent to sent off to, you know, yeah. Banco Presidio, wherever they check it's all okay, and it gets translated into Spanish and comes out in Spain. So, so I write for that magazine. So that's a lot of fun because I wrote for Build the Millennium Falcon a few years ago, which was like one of the, totally one of the highlights of my writing life certainly so that was great fun so this is this is great fun as well so constantly researching uh you know chasing to keep up because there's there's plenty to do so that's that's a lot of fun um but yeah it's uh busy it's always busy i like being busy though so you know something you have said sparked something to me so i apologize being selfish you know i mean i'm I'm being a selfish star wars fan but one (laughs) thing that i've always wanted to collect that i i have nothing of and and you could tell me if it's even out there accessible because I know you'd probably know this. My background, my my family's background is Italian. I know I don't look it. I'm right. not pale, palest Italian looking guy you'd ever want to see. But <laughs> um, but I've I've really started studying the language. I'm planning on trying to go to Italy in the next year when things oh, clear up. Yeah. Is there ever, was there ever Star Wars material as far as characters on cards or or i know there had to be books and comics done up with the italian language yeah and and where and where would it where would someone like me sitting in the united states where would be in your opinion the best way to go to try to track some of that down that that's that's a difficult one i mean i guess (laughs) i guess i guess eBay is probably the place to start looking. I, I know I used to. Gerald Home uh, passed away uh, yesterday, as yeah, we speak. I, I uh, did, yes. Uh, and it, I was quite friendly with Gerald uh, for quite a long time. And uh, he was the president of a group of, of European fan sites that actually expanded a little bit over time called Swore at the Star Wars Out Rim Alliance. And my old site, Lightsaber, was part of it for a while. And, and there was various sites in Europe, quite a few in Hungary and Poland and Eastern Europe and all around, heading out as far as Australia at one point. It really got quite quite broad. But there was a site uh, in Italy I do remember quite well. So I will see if I've still got that guy's contact details because we used to all speak a lot. And I'll see if I can sort of uh, reconnect and push push some information your way because, uh, yeah, there, there was quite a healthy 
Uh, I think when they listed, yeah, back in the day, and I don't know how it stacks up now, but of course the States was the biggest market, then it was the UK, then it was Germany, then Japan, and then it sort of went down mostly through Europe and Brazil. You know, it was it was quite a healthy amount. I know Italy was certainly uh, sort of top 10 in that list of, of countries that were sort of, at that time anyway, as a sure. while back, but that, you know, sort of uh, into into Star Wars in, to a measurable degree. So, yeah, there's certainly, like you say, there's obviously the books are out there, the posters are out there, but yeah, I'm fairly confident that they had their own sort of imprint if you like of uh, figures <laughs> well i know it's a very niche thing and i know it's kind of silly because i can get americanized stuff pretty much everywhere but there would be nothing like having maybe my top four or five characters yeah with an italian card maybe getting the thrawn trilogy books in the italian version um it just would mean something to me again it would make me happy right it would um it would be something that would mean something to me so I have a couple couple more things and and I'm going to let you go but one um you you know Mark Thompson through through everything that he does on the audio yeah. books and everything he was kind enough to come on our show a while back he's going to come on again in the near future I it's been a while I've I've done two or three rereads of the Thrawn original trilogy um but I'd never listened to it on audiobook so in the last week I started listening to an audiobook I think I've got 2 hours left of, of um, Heir to the Empire. I tell you what, um, I know you're a fan of those kind of things. Still, still hits you right, right where it needs to hit you in that, those books. I mean, there was something special that, that just was done well by Mr. Zahn and the story, story was put together and everything like that. Any thoughts on, on the original Thrawn trilogy and have you listened to the audiobook or have you just done the, the reading of it? I, I read it way back when it came out. Um, so I'm, I'm probably only read it once since. So it's probably 20 plus years since I've read it. I, I know, as you say, there's a, I think there is a new audiobook version, isn't there? That's, mm-hmm. that's out there about the empire. So, uh, and I have audible, so I'm tra- sort of working my way through. I've got <laughs> Tempest Runner next, and then I've got uh, the second Alphabet Squadron one to listen to, and the second Thrawn of the new Thrawn trilogy to listen to. So once I've got through them, then I'll get to, <laughs> then I'll get to it. I can only do it when I'm out on the road. So it's for me, I'm, I do stop taking as my real life job, which is lovely because it's flexible and it pays well. Right, so, right. but 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 this time of the year, you're not out on the road so much, so uh, so I don't get as much chance to listen. But when I do, I will certainly listen to it again. But I do remember distinctly when that came out, because because and you know this because you were there. There was so little Star Wars back in '91. Yes. You know, Marvel had been offered Dark Empire. There was an advert for it in Marvel Age. They decided not to run with it. And thank goodness for Dark Horse because they picked up and big time ran with it. And what a job they did with Star Wars comics for, you know, 20 odd years. Fantastic. Um, and yeah, that was, I mean, it was kind of, people get weird about it now, but really, Ed the Empire was very much, if not explicitly, but implicitly if that makes any sense sold not sold to us but sort of presented to us as this is what happened next guys this is what han luke and leia did next you know and so we for the longest time was like well after jedi there was a bit of a gap and then uh, the empire happened and then after a year after that i thought i'm getting the right way around i think dark empire you know and and that was how we played it you know and then as time moves on and trends change and things change and yada yada you know it it tweaks do you think and this just popped into my head. You always see the embattlements between younger and older and certain things like that when it comes to The Last Jedi and the way Luke was handled. Yeah. Do you think, and, and it just popped when you said that, do you think that's one of the reasons people our age, 40s, 50s, 
maybe had a more issue or harder time accepting the Luke that was in that movie just because we we, we felt like we already knew what was coming, right? We felt like we yeah. we we felt like we'd already been to this point with where they were going, you know. I mean, I I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking outside. Uh, it was a quick. No, it's a good thought. And and mate, the new Matrix films out this year, isn't it? And, and the trailer mm-hmm. looks amazing. And I can't wait because I think Keanu Reeves is brilliant. So anything he does, I'm up for it. But one of the things that, uh, that was at the end of Revolutions, which was, I thought, a really weak Matrix film. But one of the things was that they kind of said, well, there's, you know, we are currently on, I don't know what it was, the fifth or sixth iteration of the Matrix. And we've done this before and history will repeat itself and that sort of mantra. Star Wars, especially if you've been into it as long as we have from the start, how many, how many cycles through of Star Wars to Empire to Jedi have we done? You know, it's been yeah. reiterated and tweaked and changed and now oh, forget the Marvel stuff now and then we do it again. <laughs> oh, well, we'll forget the Legends stuff now. Let's do it again. I hope to goodness we don't have this again in 15 years when they go, let's do it again because right. then they've really, they've, they'll have really, you know, shook the foundations too much because now at least they're trying to make it all sit together, which goes back yeah. to our earlier conversation. So, yes, I think one of the things I liked about certainly the earlier aspects of that EU run after post Jedi, especially was, was the, the doubtful Luke and the not so sure of himself, Luke. And actually he was easier to sway than he thought he might've been Luke, you know, and he was learning and he was developing and he, and it wasn't until later on, he kind of became all powerful yeah. and to a degree, but there was that, there was that uncertainty about him. Um, and I'd love to, I'd love to say, I'd love to think that I could go back and read them all again as if I could find the time to read them all again. I would love to. I really would. I know I haven't got the time. I'd love to have the time. But, but you know, that was – it gets into your head. And this is the thing. To, to your point about older fans and newer fans, a newer fan can come in and can read everything. They can read everything. It's all there. It's there to be read. It's there to be watched. Yep. But And, and they will have a, a – maybe not – well, they will have a different relationship to the current stuff which we're watching at the same time as, as a younger person is. But we're 50 and they're 20. And when you're 20, you don't think like you do when you're 50 and vice versa. So so it's you're absorbing it in a completely different way. And we yeah. went through that period of like, we get a film every three years, we get a comic once a month. We got weeklies, but, you know, it was one story a month broken down. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get so many figures come out. The figures and the ships were like the real, the biggest thing, I think, about Star Wars in those days. We get a Han Solo trilogy. We get a Lando trilogy after Jedi came out. You get Splinters and the novelizations. What? Not an awful lot else. So we were we were making an awful lot of what we got. Now, how many comics a month do you get? Five, oh, six. Gosh, yeah. How many books a month do you get? Outside of novels, you know, fiction novels, you're getting all the other other books that come out. You've got the Insider. You've got there's so much stuff to stay yeah. on top of. I said this to the lads the other day. I maybe most things I get I read once. I make a point of reading it as best as I can. Sometimes I'm skim reading it because I just want to get it in there so I can talk about it, you know, on shows right. and just in general. Um, because I think, honestly, if I, listen, if, I, if I felt like I had to listen to and watch and read everything, I'd have no time to run a site. I'd have no time to do a podcast. I'd still have no time to write for magazines or any of the rest of it. You know, you just try and absorb as much as you can. But I think if, you, if you're uh, uh, absorbing it in real time, real time, you know, if I'm, me watching or seeing a Star Wars thing when I was 10 in 1981, waiting for Return of the Jedi, excited that Raiders is out this year. And that's to do with Lucasfilm. And, you know, and that all folded in. People forget Raiders oh, yeah. and Temple of Doom, especially those two films, felt so much like they were kind of part of Star Wars. 
you know, you watch the opening scroll up for Star Wars and the Lucasfilm comes up in green. You watch Raiders, it comes up in red. It's, you know, there's just so many little connecting tissues that, that a kid now wouldn't, might not have even seen Raiders. And right. the amount of times I'm online now and they go, oh, yeah, E.T., that, that film about the alien. I'm like, what, the biggest film ever? What? What are you all about? You know, and there's so many things that you think, it, to me, feels like a given that they're like, never seen Close Encounters. It's just when I slap them. But then why would they see Close Encounters? It came out 30 years before they were born. So, right. so you know, and there's things that come out today that I've got no idea. I ain't seen Squid Game yet or whatever it's called. I've not seen it. Everyone's talking about it. You know, I've not seen it yet. I'm not that bothered. If it, if, you know what I mean? So, the, yeah. so you cut, it's apples and oranges. And, and But you said it earlier, you know OT fans, you know sequels, trilogy fans, you know gaming fans and everything else. Bottom line, if you want to stick us all in the bag and shake us around, we're all Star Wars fans. Correct. So that's the crux of it. So young or old, don't consider ourselves old, but, you know, I'm certain somebody who is 20 listening to this conversation and think, what are those two old farts talking about? But you know what I mean? It's just... It's it's just a different it's a different thing, isn't it? And but it, ultimately, it's all Star Wars. We all know who Darth Vader is. We all know who Luke is, Leia, right. and Jar Jar, and everything else. So that's what counts, I think. I'd like um, to think. No, man, I tell you what, I I I love it. You you encapsulate everything there very well, and um, it it's it's the reason. Besides listening to you and and Rebel Force Radio and Scott Rifen and Steve Glosson and Adam Bray and all those kind of people, uh, Star Wars Report, uh, yeah. listening to you guys is what made me and my son start Rule the Galaxy. And I can tell you, after starting this and actually interacting with all of you, the community is so much better than what people paint it out to be. Um, and and there's just so many good people who, you know what? Oh, you're, you're a Jar Jar fan. Great. That's your thing. Go be a Jar Jar yeah. fan. Oh, you're an original trilogy only great we can all still have conversations and i think that's the good part of it for me and just like i said with with our crew you know I, i've got one who just likes the original trilogy and mandalorian well great but he still yeah. watches the other stuff because he says i want to have the the conversations with you right i mean it's it's really good and it makes me feel like if people use this the right way and and you know every now and then does something make me upset or some of us upset sure i mean then we're human that's that's what happens but in the end all be all things I want rule the galaxy to be a fun, positive thing that people want to listen and talk about star Wars. And especially when we have guests on like you. So I, I really appreciate it. And you, you've, you've done a great job of encapsulating um, what a lot of people look at as fandom and, and being a part of the star Wars community. So thank you very much. And thank you for all the work you do, because I, you know, I, I think I've told you before me doing one podcast a week. I feel like I'm, I'm wearing myself thin just doing that. And I hear all the things that you do, and I go, "Oh my gosh, I, I, I would be on Monster Energy, Monster Energy drinks all day long." <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'd never have the time, so and I'd never sleep. So, um, but yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I, I, I told you we'll talk about an hour. It's been about that a long time. Is there anything that you'd like to hit, or anything that um, you know, tell people where they can follow you, how they can get in touch with you? all those kind of things. Cause I, I think it's important. I want people to listen to our show and know there's other great things out there besides just a couple of goofy guys in Indiana talking about star Wars. Um, well, I, I am bound to uh, proudly hype my website, Panther tracks. Uh, we've been going four years in October. Um, 
And, and right now, we should have been at New York for New York Comic Con. And, and I remember distinctly going to New York Comic Con in 2017 when I was between sites. I just left Jedi News and Phantom mm-hmm. hadn't started. It was the weirdest trip ever, but it was fun. So I'm missing New York Comic Con at the moment. So this is a very nice way of filling in filling in a gap, just <laughs> talking Star Wars with a friend. It's really cool. Um, so, yeah, phantomtracks.com. Uh, so we try and cover as much as we can, as much news as possible, uh, UK, US, international, as much as we can. Uh, we have a couple of podcasts, a few podcasts on there, uh, Making Tracks, which is a show I do with Mark, which is at, at least once a week. Sometimes we try and fit in extra episodes as and when. Uh, on Sundays, we do a show called Good Morning Tatooine, which is my good buddy Brian Cameron, who's the host, and different co-hosts we actually did a midweek episode this week which had me on there rabbiting on like i always do uh we've got a couple of other shows uh we have a music show called desert planet discs uh with carl and uh, greg darth elvis robertson brilliant show if you like listening to star wars related music it's a great show and quite often they'll have guests who are musicians come on but also star wars fans so there's some very interesting stuff coming up on there uh we have a show called planet Leia which uh, lovely Claire Henry hosts. And that's been off for a while, but that's coming back. Uh, and we've got one more show that we're about to launch called Start Your Engines with myself and Paul Naylor, who works on the site. So we're just working out when we're going to get to record that. We've been teasing that for about two years. It's completely my fault we haven't done it. So, and he lives about an hour from me. So we're going to go over and record about six episodes in, in one hit and get it done. So, uh, yeah, so it's all going good. On the socials, everything's at Fantatracks. All your socials at Fantatracks. And if you're feeling crazy and wacky and want to hit me up, then my uh, Twitter handle is prefect underscore timing because I'm a hitchhiker's fan. So prefect before prefect, prefect underscore timing. And that's where you'll find me. Well, I will put all that that I can in the notes so I can try to make sure I do it. I, 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 try, to, I try to remember it all, but I'm just going to go to your site and just grab it all because <laughs> there's no way I was going to remember all that. But yes, you, you, you are a, a plethora of knowledge and information and fun in the Star Wars community. And, and I personally, again, I want to thank you because, you know, just, just listening to your show once a week makes, makes me feel like I'm seeing things from a different point of view and, and, a, and a fun, positive point of view. So thank you to you and Mark and the others uh, for doing that. And, and thank you for being a guest on our show. It's like I said, I think it's your third time and you've always been kind with your time and, and we can't thank you enough. And we've talked about it before. Next time we're in the same area or at a convention or at a celebration or something, yeah, a first drink is on me because you being a guest on my show means the world to me because I was just a guy going, how do I talk to those guys? Because they're really good at what they do. And and here you are taking your time to do that. So thank you very much. And I, and I hope things keep going well for you. you, um, you you're, you're busy and I like that for you. And, uh, you know, um, I, again, I hope things just keep going well for you because you're a good guy and you do good things. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. No worries. No worries. Well, uh, Star Wars fans, thanks again for being here with me and Mr. Mark Newbold. Um, you know, at the cha- chapter 103 in the books right there of Rule of the Galaxy. Uh, again, follow us to Rule of the Galaxy SW on Twitter, Rule of the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. And um, if you want to go check us out on YouTube or Facebook, it's just Rule of the Galaxy. But until uh, next week and, and uh, episode 104, this has been Joe in the pilot seat and our good friend Mark Newbold. And may the force be with you.